You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another edition of the Goal Line Stand Podcast. It is Thursday. And we got one more spring practice preview to get out to today, although we do know spring practices, but we just – anyway, Kobe, how are you, man? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing? Doing good, man. You know, it basketball season officially ended for Georgia Tech yesterday, so I don't really have any Georgia Tech news. Spring practice is starting here soon, so um, – Hey, I'll, SEC tournament starts tomorrow, though. Tied who, baby? Hey, for some. Like, it already started last night. You know, I was, I was sitting there watching uh, – Whatever you want to call it, LSU, and Georgia, I, I sat through that game. And uh, like, <laughs> some of these early conference tournament games, you know, like I was watching some of Nebraska, Minnesota, and like I was just like, what was I doing? Um, yep. But anyway, yeah, all the speculation about uh, Georgia Tech, Josh Pastner, this is obviously not a basketball podcast, so we're not going to get too deep into that. But that's kind of what's going on as far as Georgia Tech news right now. Um but like I said, we're going to get into our spring. Pra- we're going to c- conclude our our spring practice previews today by kind of hitting on the SEC. Kind of just you know, it's 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 the biggest you know conference in terms of questions, and then there are a lot of them. And you ready to get going on that? Hey, let's do it. I guess like you know, this is obviously I cover Georgia Tech, so this is a half Georgia Tech, half Alabama podcast. So it's only right that we start with Alabama. Everybody's going to talk about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. That's for any team, but especially when you're a program like Alabama. I myself am interested, a little bit like Ohio State. I'm interested on the offensive line because there's a lot of departures on there. And it, it's been kind of a, when I say weak unit, I don't mean weak as in the sense that they're ranked like in the bottom half of the country. They're weak for Alabama. It just hasn't been like a dominant offensive line like we're used to seeing there. And I kind of want to see if they can get back to that. Like they've, they've got plenty of recruits, plenty of um, talent there. But that's kind of – offensively, that's kind of the position I'm looking at. And then defense, it's just going to be – you still have Dallas Turner, but you do lose Will Anderson. You lose guys like Brian Branch. I, I'm just kind of looking to see who fills these roles because um, there, there are some spots to be filled, but with plenty of four and five, high four- and five-star talent. Yeah, I guess uh, addressing the offensive line questions and concerns, the talent is there, and they got young talent, guys that are going to be second-year guys this year and freshmen coming in like Caden Proctor. Uh, I sent you a tweet from uh, Clint Lamb on Twitter. Uh, A potential starting offensive line for Alabama could be J.C. Latham, which I think is going to be one of the premier left tackles in the country this coming year. Um, Caden Proctor, five-star true freshman that's coming in. He's already added 20 pounds of muscle since he's been on campus. He's only been there two, three months at this point. He's going to be a beast. Seth McLaughlin at center, uh, he's gotten some playing time. Uh, he's got a little bit – he's probably got more experience than just about anybody. Um, Tyler Booker at guard and Pritchett. Basically, the average – our offensive line average would be six five and, and three quarters and three hundred and twenty seven pounds. So the size is there, the young talent is there. It's just how are we going to be able to develop the offensive line? I think that's really going to be the big issue. Honestly, the biggest issue I have though personally is the defense. Kevin Steele, are we going to be able to go back 
because I think what Kirby and Georgia just did, they proved, A, you don't need to go get a high five-star dual-threat quarterback to win a national championship. That's originally what Saban transitioned to. After Jake Coker, you have Jalen Hurst, and you got Tua. Mac, he was an efficient uh, pocket passer, but then you have a Bryce Young. Saban really transitioned his offense to having dynamic quarterback play, whereas the early championships that Saban won, he didn't have dynamic quarterback play. He just had physical defenses and a two-headed monster running game. Are we going to go back to that physical that physicality on defense. That's what I want to know. Because Kevin Steele, he's familiar with Saban. He knows how Saban wants to run his system. Or is he going to put his own flair to it? Because the Auburn defenses he had were really impressive, to say the least. Um, I wonder what he's going to do differently up front. I'm also very curious about replacing Will Anderson. We have Chris Braswell. We have Dallas Turner. But losing that production, because I saw somebody made the point that even though Will Anderson didn't have the sack numbers he had um, his sophomore year, his presence on the defensive front alone, it forced teams to have to game plan around him. And anytime you can, you have to game plan around one singular piece in the front seven, that's saying something. I don't know how we replace that because he's probably one of the best defensive guys Saban's had, if not the best. Um, I wonder how we're going to replace that. I wonder how we're really going to look on the back end. We're going to have Kool-Aid McKinstry, but we're going to have some brand-new safeties. We're losing Jordan Battle, losing Brian Branch, DeMarco Hellams to the draft. Um, we're glad we got Caleb Downs coming in. We got some young talent there, but I'm really, really worried about what we're going to do on the back end. I can't wait to watch that in the spring and get let those guys get some reps. Offensively, uh, I'm not so much worried about Tommy Reese right now because I feel like Tommy Reese, I went back and I did a little bit of study of him at Notre Dame. He simply just didn't have the talent to do what he wanted to do at Notre Dame. It's just one of those simple cases. They didn't have the personnel to be able to run what he really wanted to run. Um, but as far as quarterback, Jalen Milrow, Ty Simpson, I think it's going to be a quarterback battle for the ages because we have no idea. The last couple quarterback battles we've had, we had Tua and Jalen Hurts. We saw what Tua did in the national championship. We didn't have any questions. We would have been comfortable with either one. We have questions about both of these guys now because we haven't really seen them. We got a small sample size of Jalen Milrow in the, during the season. He has a lot of development he needs to do passing the ball. We've barely seen Ty Simpson. We saw him in the spring game last year, and that's about it. He is dynamic with his legs. I think that's an underrated aspect of his game. And teammates on Alabama they say he's got that it factor but also Jalen Milrow if Tommy Reese can scheme him up running the ball and develop him even slightly a little bit passing the ball he could be very dynamic um either way I feel like Bama's going to be in a good spot but as a team I like the personnel they've brought in I like the coaching staff they've brought in um not necessarily just talking about the coordinators but position coaches and analysts he's brought in I really like what Alabama has moving forward. I'm interested to see what they do in the spring. I think this is the first time we've gone in with any quarterback questions since it was – who was competing with Jake Coker? I don't remember at the time. But um, oh, you went from A.J. McCarron to that. But since then it's been – well, okay, I guess Blake Sims wasn't a sure thing when, when he was a starter. So it was Blake Sims and Jake Coker. And then uh, after Jake Coker, really the quarterback battle was Cooper Bateman, Blake Barnett, and then some true freshman named Jalen Hurts. 
Yeah. That was like really the quarterback. I do remember that. And then, you know, you had Hurts for two seasons and then Tua coming at the end, but that was kind of the natural, okay, even if it's not Hurts, you knew it was Tua. And yeah. you know, we saw Mac Jones at the end of the 2019 season. You knew he was going to be the guy. And then obviously Bryce Young was the number one recruit in the entire country. You just knew he was going to be the guy. Now you kind of don't know. It's it's kind of the first yeah. time they've been in this position for a little bit in that it just makes Alabama just like a really fascinating team this year. And I don't know when was the last time you could really say that because generally you just think Alabama just all the talent is just going to win out. But because of their, by their own standards, subpar performances these past couple of seasons gen- throughout the season, like I know they made the national title game and lost narrowly to Georgia, but you would even agree. I think throughout that whole season, it wasn't, there just was no dominance and same thing for last year you know, losing two games and just kind of like is that just a blip on the radar they just needed to reset things are good now or is it a sign of something I, they're just going to be a fascinating team and we're going to see it just right off the jump that that Alabama Texas game is just there are so many it's not just that it's yeah. Alabama Texas it's just it's so early Texas is gonna have a lot of pressure on them this season there's just so much going to be in that game, but I guess let's let's stay in the SEC West because I do want to talk about a team that's getting a lot of love right now, and I do think some of it is justified, and that's LSU. Um, they last I saw they were plus fourteen hundred to win the national title, which I know sounds like a long way off, but it's kind of like in the top six or seven. Like you got Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, slight drop off to USC, Michigan, and then I do think it's LSU right after that top five group. So. Um, there's a lot of belief there. Um, they, that LSU Florida State game, I was just everything I just said about Bama Texas, just go copy paste that to that game. Like it's going to be great. Um, is there a quarterback battle here that we need to be aware of? Like, because Garrett Nussmeyer was really good at the end of last season. And we both, I think we had to, I won't say eat our word. I, it's not like, you know, I had to eat my words on Michael Penix Jr. He was fantastic yeah. last year. Jane Daniels, I've always said was, it's there, but he doesn't show it enough, and he showed it more last year. But there was also like that A and M game. Ooh, there there was just yeah. there were some tough games there against Arkansas and A and M. Basically, every game after Alabama, <laughs> LSU's yeah. all struggled then until Nussmeyer came in, and it looked really good. So I'm, I, that's kind of what I'm wondering there. But also, you got to think whenever Nussmeyer did come in, you don't have a couple of those receivers anymore. Kayshawn Butte is gone. Malik Neighbors, I think, is really good. Yeah. Is I don't know about quarterback battle. Um, I think ultimately Nussmeyer will end up being the guy. I, I, that's kind of like a gut feeling I have too. Like yeah. I don't have anything to base it off of other than the end of last season. There's just something about it that says like Nussmeyer at some point in time is gonna, is going to take over. And again, I, if LSU, LSU has a lot of talent, I think one thing I know some people are noticing, like Mason Smith, the defensive tackle, who tore his ACL very, very early in the FSU yeah. game. That's top ten pick right there if he stays healthy. Like he's very yeah. good, he's a top recruit. Um, so you, they are losing a little bit on defense. They're secondary. Me and you, we really got after them last year. They, their secondary was not pretty good. That's where I have questions still. They got some good transfers. They got some key transfers. Their transfer yeah. uh, class was really, really good. Uh, even not even just that cornerback. They got uh, all Pac-12 linebacker from your Oregon State Beavers, Omar Spates. Got him. You got Denver Harris, the guy. I don't know if he was a locker. Yeah, to be the physical and the physical talent is there. It's just the locker room and the uh, character and all that personality and all that. J.K. Johnson, Deuce Chestnut. They got a bunch of guys coming in on the transfer portal. 
I think it's going to be a revamped LSU defense, not to mention they're probably going to end up having the best defensive player in the SEC. Maybe. Harold Perkins? I mean, dude is a (laughs) dog. And so you got him coming back. It's going to be a revamped LSU defense, but I feel like it's going to be a better defense than what they had. It's really just going to depend offensively because we've been saying this for years. Really since it feels like since the Leonard Fournette and the Darius Geist regime left, LSU hasn't really had a good, solid running game. No. They go, they're going to have to figure that out. I think, honestly, that's still their biggest question offensively. And their offensive line is going to get – you know, they started two freshman tackles last year. You know, yeah. Will Campbell was out there. like, And they struggled a lot against Florida State. They were pretty good by the end of the season. And, if again, if you take another leap to where they're possibly all-conference performers, like, do you think there is a clear cutoff after Alabama, LSU, and the West? Do you think there's a, a big drop-off there this year? Because I kind of did. Talent-wise, and hear me out, and this feels oh, so man. weird saying I got to. Talent-wise, roster-wise, A&M's there. Oh, that, that, that's a perfect transition. Let's get let's get to these guys. So yeah. I guess they're going to be third, pick third. That You know, they were – I hated talking about them last year. I got tired of talking about them last year. Yeah. Bobby Petrino is there. Like, you got to talk about them now. Like – I just I, what's the ceiling here because spring, well, dude. You got you got Connor Wigman, Evan Stewart, Moose Muhammad, Anias Smith. You have what you need to have a passing game, and for a team that only averaged twenty two points per game, it doesn't even the ceiling, like, like it, it only goes up from here. I really feel like that. Yeah, and then like defensive line, you still got Shamar Stewart, Walter Nolan. Like that's yeah. there's still a lot of good players. I'm just cautious. I, there's just to me, it's going to be all about replacing some key guys on defense. Like they, their defense yeah. was was pretty dang good last year, but you are lo- losing some key pieces, and it's going to be if that offense can take a jump because there's nobody. I, I don't know that there are many people on in this country that have more disdain for Bobby Petrino than I do. <laughs> but the guy can call plays for for all he for all he does wrong, and he does a lot wrong. He can call plays. Do you so think I, Jimbo gives him free reigns of that offense? I, I think so because if it was a like there was all these rumors about Garrett Riley in season, and I never really bought that. But Garrett Riley has had doesn't really have the. What's the right word here? The, just the – he doesn't have the background of Petrino. He doesn't have the the, the decades worth of, of play calling and top offenses and the personality. Like Jimbo could have kind of held control over somebody else. I just don't – those that that's just not going to work if he's going to do that. And honestly, I don't think Petrino would have took the job. Like I don't yeah. think he – Burton for for money like I, I he's been paid a lot during his career he, I think he was probably just comfortable at UNLV which is where he was going to be the offensive coordinator at just because it's heck you're in Vegas and he's probably getting paid a decent amount but I don't I, I don't think so I, I think Jimbo will let him do his thing and it, it can work like I I'm just not going to go higher than eight and four nine and three and obviously this isn't a season predictions thing but I just don't know how high I'm willing to go on them yeah I agree but Everything's there. I mean, from a roster standpoint, you got all the talent you need. You still got a lot of good players from that amazing 2022 class they brought in. Um, everything's there. It's just really going to depend on coaching. Speaking of early games, I know this 
doesn't compare to Alabama, Texas, or Florida State, LSU, they can't lose to Miami. They yeah. they can't lose that game because if they lose that game, I think I, the it's a avalanche scenario at A and M like yeah. that. It's it, it could get ugly quickly because I don't know where I stand on Miami quite this year, but I don't think they're going to be higher than ten wins or anything like that. So they they need to win that game. Um, let's talk Auburn. I guess you know. Yep. That's a team that obviously went through uh, – uh, these past couple of years have been weird, even by Auburn standards, with Brian Harson and Hugh Freeze coming in. They're bringing in a lot of transfers too. There's a lot of optimism. I guess my question is is just how good can this team be and off, how do they replace the running game of Tank Bigsby, I guess is my main spring practice question because if they don't – I don't think they'll get bad quarterback play because I think even Hugh Freeze can – Apparently Malik Willis isn't that good. So if if he got that out of him, like it, you know, I, yeah. I expect him to get, you know, above average quarterback play from just about whoever like I think there's a ceiling there, but they gotta have some sort of running game if their quarterback play isn't gonna be at a high level, I think. Well, I think the actual position of running back is gonna be fine. Jarquez Hunter, um, he's kind of been the Robin to Tank Bigsby's Batman, but he has had Two back-to-back very good years running the ball. He's gotten a lot of touches. He's very experienced. Probably he's gotten he's probably gotten a lot more touches than a lot of other running backs in the SEC that are coming back. It it comes down to the trenches, like and that's on offense and defense. They're losing ten guys on the defense and offensive line combined that have starting experience. How can you revamp the trenches? Because if you can't revamp your offensive line, can't protect your quarterback, you're not going to be able to run the ball. You can't revamp your defensive line. You're going to get ran through like they have been for the last two years. How are they going to be able to find anybody that has experience? Like, honestly, I think that they could be, they could be another team, another destination in this next transfer portal window after the spring that we might see a very big haul from them, but that's going to be the only way because we got to get Hugh Freeze is going to have to get a full recruiting season under his belt at Auburn before he's able to really just rebuild the way he wants to. But with Hugh Freeze, the offense, he's going to pull every bit of potential out of that offense he can. We saw what he did at Liberty. And also just the teams he had at Liberty were very good as an entire unit, offense, defense, special teams. He just had very good teams. So I'm sure he can galvanize the troops, and he's going to have to, uh, being in the SEC West. But it's really just going to end up being how can he replace the trenches. Would it like wait? I know this is way too early, but would it shock you if they're third in the SEC West and not A and M? Assuming that would, that that would shock me because you still got teams like Arkansas and Ole Miss, and we can use that to transition right to Ole Miss. They got the most interesting QB battle in the country. I don't care who it is, where it is. That is a weird quarterback I'm battle. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one because. I think we would both agree Jackson Dart was kind of subpart of what we were thinking last year. Not that he was terrible, but like it wasn't. We kind of expected him to go in there and it, if if Quinshawn Judkins wasn't one of the best running backs in the country, that offense really was struggled because their yeah. passing was just not not there at all. Um, so yeah, after they got Walker Howard, I was thinking. I thought Spencer Sanders was going to wind up at Auburn. To be perfectly honest, I, th- I thought that was the rumored spot, and then he goes to Ole Miss too. So. Mike, what yeah. what is Lane doing? How is he doing this? I'm guessing it's just getting the talented QBs, and one of them is going to win the job. Like if yeah. if it if getting those two guys pushes Jackson Dart to be even better, that's that's 
a, a blessing in disguise. If if you get in a hidden gym in Walker Howard, not a hidden gym, he was a former high recruit, but yeah, like, it was a five star. Yeah, he hasn't played yet, so he's kind of the unknown. And but then you got the experience in Spencer Sanders. Yeah, and me and you, or at least me, I can speak for. I've never been the biggest Spencer Sanders guy. I think he's fine. He's very turnover prone. He's been in college for I don't know how long at this point, but yeah. Uh, I guess it's just you know put put them in there, see what wins. But you got top three, top four running back in the country at minimum. Like Judkins, is, he's a beast. Um, Yellow Jackets fans will get to see him. They go to Oxford September sixteenth, so that's going to be a challenge. But your prediction right now, who is going to be the starting quarterback? If you had to guess, who would be the starting quarterback game one for Ole Miss? Spencer Sanders. I, I just have a feeling like this is his final year of eligibility. I just have no idea why he would transfer there if he's not going to start. Yeah, it's not before the spring. Like, yeah. I mean, that that's my gut prediction. Obviously, some new news is going to trickle out from spring practice. The and obviously, spring games are not the, the tell all. But you know, the, I'm I don't think you're going to see a winner declared after spring. This will go into the fall. Yeah, because the the way I see it, the only one that's really the most at risk to transfer is Jackson Dart out of that entire situation. He has a couple years of eligibility. Spencer Sanders, he's probably done after this year. Walker Howard, he can stay. And honestly, whoever – he can wait behind whoever wins the job for another year, and then he has two, three years of eligibility left after that. So I think, honestly, losing Jackson Dart probably probably best-case scenario out of all this. Yeah. And there, there's some some turnover there. You know, the, Pete Golden's a new defense coordinator, somebody you're very familiar with. Um, yep. That Ole Miss defense was a real Trojan horse. It was really good at the beginning of the season, but when the opponents got tougher, they they were not up to snuff. And it was – I just kind of want to see a bounce back because me and you started picking up on it midseason. They, Ole Miss was frauds last year, and they, they were just – I want to see them actually be a high-level team again like they were a couple years ago. But I guess I want to talk about the – as of right now, I think – it wouldn't even be a discussion. The the Mississippi State and Arkansas, I think, are going to be the two worst teams in the SEC West. I don't even think it's close. Really? Yeah, Mississippi State, especially. I don't know. Like yeah. you hate how that all went, and I think Zach Arnett deserves the the head coaching job, especially just given all that happened. But I think we're about to be going. He's we're going from air raid to very defensive coordinator. When they get head coaches, they just want to run the ball. They just want to play defense. I, that's the kind of vibes I'm getting here. As I wasn't a fan of some of these hires, I, you know, I, I just it's tough for me to see Mississippi State. I'm kind of just wondering that my spring question for them is just how do they look on offense? Like how, how far ahead are they offensively? Because yeah, which philosophy is so bad? Um, who they who they bring in? They brought in somebody from App State. Uh, yeah, their offensive coordinator. Yeah, they brought him in, and you still got Will Rogers coming back, and I think still think Will Rogers is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country. He was good. Do you, do you wonder if he was a system quarterback at all, though? Uh, if you take him out of that system, it may be difficult. But here's the thing, though. He was doing it with a variety of wide receivers the last couple of years. He hasn't had like a true first-round draft pick at wide receiver. I mean, he's just been there and he's just been airing it out. He's been – granted, he's probably thrown the ball more than any quarterback in the SEC, (laughs) but 
I mean, with that being said, he still put up a lot of numbers. He still put up a lot of production. So you have him coming back, but still, I think it's just the loss of experience in the coaching staff, loss of experience in the players around him. It's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back this year. Yeah. And then I'll just kind of, I'll be brief on Arkansas. Like I know they got KJ Jefferson back. They got, they got some important guys back, but I, I, I just, I didn't think the team was that good last year. Barry Odom leaves to go to UNLV. Kendall Browse is at TCU now. I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest Danny Nose fan. I know he was pretty yeah. decent in Maryland, but I, I don't know about that one. Um, I, I, I just, my, my question is, is on the offensive line and at receivers, you know, when you took away Traylon Burks last year, I think KJ Jefferson is a good quarterback, but why I wasn't high on Arkansas last year was Traylon Burks accounted for like all their receiver production, and a lot of it was like run after catch stuff. It wasn't like, and then you took him out of offense. Hazelwood was kind of a disappointment. Jefferson was he still a pretty good runner, but like throwing the ball it was just kind of up and down all year. So I'm just kind of wondering how those assistant coaching transitions are going to happen at Arkansas. But this to me, though, that these two schools to me are are pretty separated from the other five. I would agree with you, but also I'm still very high on Sam Pittman. I just have a lot of love for Sam Pittman. He knows how to get the most out of his team, no matter who's on the field. Um, And you got K.J. Jefferson coming back. Arkansas is still going to run the ball, and they're still going to be physical on defense. I mean, you still got guys coming back like Drew Sanders. You still got a lot of experience on that defense coming back. Drew Um, Sanders. Drew Sanders? Yeah. The linebacker? Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. He's. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, never mind then. That takes away my take on their defense. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I had had no idea. Yeah, like that's just one of the reasons I'm down in Arkansas. I I just – there's been a lot of exiting Um, the coaching staff and in the the player pool there. It's just – I mean, honestly, I'm right there with you at this point. Wow, I still thought they had Drew Sanders – uh, they still got bumper pool. <laughs> I mean, golly, but, dude, that's tough. Yeah, and I mean, I that that's and their kinda, secondary their secondary was abysmal last year, to say the least. Yeah, and I thought Barry Odom did a, a fine job these past couple seasons as defensive corners. Like they 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 bent, but they didn't break a, a lot. But now I I don't know. Yeah. Like they're they're a big question mark to me. I think there's a chance they don't even go bowling this year. But um, I guess let's talk about the East and the. The reigning two-time defending chance, dog. There's nothing that really I can say that anybody hadn't said about Georgia. I mean, Georgia's talked about as much as any program in the country, obviously. The the quarterback battle is going to take center stage. And I, I, I think you would agree with me. The third man out here probably transfers between Beck, Stockton, and Vandergriff. Well, I, I don't know why you'd stay. Yeah, I would agree, but also it really just depends on what Mike Bobo does. I like I have no idea what to expect from Mike Bobo. Um it's really going to depend on who he thinks is his guy and who's going to fit his offense the best. I think Carson Beck ends up being the starter just cuz he's been there and he knows the system. He knows what Kirby wants to run in that offense a lot more. But Vandergriff, I think the physical aspect is there as far as passing the ball. But also Gunnar Stockton, I just can't see him decommitting from South Carolina and then having to sit for two years at Georgia. I just don't see that happening. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting to see that. Defensively, I feel like they're going to be just fine. They got enough talent um, on that defense to be fine. 
Offensively, ah, you lose AD Mitchell. Like there's some there's you know yeah. back, but like there there's there's some slight questions at receiver. I guess it's you know like when we were talking about Bama, like it's Georgia problems. Like it's they're gonna have talent. Yeah, like it's not like it's third world problems out here. You know, like it's the embarrassment of riches to say the least. So. That's kind of that's obviously you know, but they got to replace some starting offensive linemen as well. That's but again, you're you're just you're plug and play, and then Georgia's schedule is just so soft at the beginning and really throughout the season. Like it's just going to be, are they playing well at the end of the season when they have to play teams like Tennessee and when they have to go on the road? And by the time they get to the SEC championship, you know, there's a reason they're plus two fifty to win the national title for next year right now, and it's still early, but I don't feel that price is going to change at all. They're going to be the odds on favorite. Up for a long time, like that. There's, there's not a lot else to say. But I guess let's talk about the Volunteers, who you were higher on last. You know, when we did our preseason in 2022, I was lower on. I don't quite know where I stand, but I think I hate to keep talking quarterbacks, but we're, you know, we expect Joe Milton to just take it and run with it. And Nico really, really challenged for that job. Um, but I think the biggest thing I want to see is improvement on defense. Because I, I think Tennessee, no matter who starts at quarterback, you're going to get good production in some ways. Is it going to be as good as Hendon Hooker was last year? I don't know. But their defense, for them to really take a step up and and, and play better, they got to improve. Because like South, that South, they they did fine. You know, they give up a lot of points to Bama, which is not not like the worst thing in the world. Like that, that's a really good offense. Georgia could have scored more, if we're being honest. Like Georgia kind of let their foot off the gas in that game. And then South Carolina just run all over them. So yep. the for them to take the next step and really be a contender, I think that that's what I'm watching this spring with Tennessee. Yeah, well, Tennessee, I I feel like this is going to be a better team than what we saw in 2022. However, with that being said, I feel like they could also be one of those teams that their record isn't what they say they are. Like they could end up eight and four, nine and three, but still look like a better team than what they were last year. And I think that does come from them stepping up defensively. Um, I think they got a lot of veterans coming back in that secondary. Got guys like Nick, uh, Danico Slaughter coming back. You got guys that are early enrollees like Jordan Matthews that is going to make a splash in the spring. So I think, and also what Tennessee's done in recruiting and transfer portal and stuff like that, at, like as a collective. It's been really impressive, and I can't wait to see what Josh Heupel puts on the field come the fall. But as far as spring, I think we're going to see a lot of new names, but I think we're going to see a lot of promise. I think their ceiling is going to be very, very high in the East this year. But with that being said, I don't know. It's just a lot of questions because what they did in 2022, I didn't expect them to be that good offensively, but also it's going to be hard to replicate that. But honestly, I don't have any questions about them at quarterback. I think if Josh Heupel can get that out of Hendon Hooker, I think he can get something at least somewhat relative out of Joe Milton. And if Joe Milton isn't working, you got Nico. And I think Nico is the best quarterback in this class, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I think they're – I think they'll be fine offensively. It's just like you said, defensively, I think especially in that secondary, they're going to have to step up. I think they have the players to do that. Yeah. A team, I, I I don't know where I'm going to be on them by August, so that I'm 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 gonna have to do some digging on Tennessee. But a team I'll probably not be high on is the Gators. I've kind of talked down on them in the podcast. Ooh, like Anthony Richardson is gone. Whatever you thought of him, whatever you think of him at the next level, he is gone. 
They had the Florida low key had one of the best offensive lines in the entire country last year. I think that kind of flew under the radar, really. Osiris Torrance has gone to the NFL. They had two other starters transfer to USC, so that group is kind of depleted at this point. And their defense already was not that great last year. It, it was not not bad, but it wasn't great. Now Graham Mertz is coming in. Um, I, I, he has to be the starter now because you know we, me and you talked about before, like we thought Rashada could push him. Now Rashada's not there anymore, no. so it's it's Graham Mertz or bust. Maybe he – like, there's been times, like, I wasn't big on Hendon Hooker or Michael Penix Jr. as transfers. Maybe he has something in him that I just didn't ha- – it didn't click at Wisconsin. I'm very doubtful of that. The, how they do at receiver and how they replace those starters on the offensive line, like, I know they did get some transfers in. Like, I don't think it's just going to suddenly drop to, like, the lower level of the country. But, I mean, that that was a really good offensive line last year. So, how they replace those, that's kind of what I'm looking at for Florida this spring. Um, I don't even know what to think about them offensively. I guess I'm going to have to save that for the spring. But I guess touching on the defensive standpoint, they've been in a three-year rut, dude. Like, all all conversations of them being DBU and all this stuff. And, like, you I think know. back on the early, like, late 2000s, early 2010s defenses, all those are gone, dude. And hopefully bringing in Patrick Tony, I hope he can make a difference in that. Uh. Florida, I'm pretty sure they ranked eighth or worse in points and yards allowed last year defensively. But they brought in a lot of transfers. They got two solid transfers on the defensive line, and they got other uh, transfers at linebacker coming in. So hopefully they can put something put something together on defense because I don't think it can get much worse defensively. Um, but, yeah, as far as the offense, I'm just – I not even just talking about Jalen Rashada – there was a lot of quarterbacks in that transfer portal, and somehow you wind up with Graham Mertz as your best option. Yeah, and that's my could, biggest question. This, and this could we could just totally be wrong about this. I just don't think I am though. Like I just don't no. think hard. I, it, they're, they're just they're gonna be. There's a chance I don't think they make a bowl game. I'll save that for later. But I I think there's a chance that doesn't happen because if you start off with a loss to Utah, and I know they beat yeah. Utah. You got to go to Utah now. You're going to yeah. Salt Lake, but I guess let's go. Let's go to the Gamecocks and hit on them real quick. Um, there was a lot made of the guys they lost because Jaheim Bell, Jordan Birch, and some of these guys are in um, the running back Marshawn Lloyd. He's a really good player. They all left, but those those were not Shane Beamer's players. I think it was just kind of a uh, getting things out of there. They're another team. I've been surprised at how much juice they have on the recruiting trail. Like a, a lot, a lot of kids talk about South Carolina, so. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see how they replace those guys. You know, Marcus Satterfield's not the OC anymore, so that's going to be a transition. And Spencer Rattler is back again. Um, yep. he was really bad for most of last year. And then I don't hey, know. But those last couple years, games, just, dude. Yeah, just click like that. Like he was awesome. Oh against, my gosh. He took like six touchdowns against Tennessee or something crazy like that. And then yeah. was really good against Clemson and was pretty good against Notre Dame. He was then. really good in the bowl game against Notre Dame. It's yeah, like, just a flip like, of a coin type deal. Like, I don't know. Like, that's we're going to find out how good they can be. You know, they go to Athens, I think, week three or something like that. I that's going to so, be yeah. is South Carolina still going to be six and six or seven and five, or could they take a possible Tennessee like leap and just be the challenger nobody expects? They're, I think, one of the more interesting teams in the entire SEC. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but yeah, replacing those guys is kind of what I'm watching this spring and how the offense looks. 
I mean, yeah, they lost Jaheim Bell, but they got the Arkansas transfer Trey Knox, the tight end. Uh, he followed. I'm pretty sure they got Arkansas's OC. Um, what's his name? Dowell Loggins, I think. He's tight end. Yeah, 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 yeah. He came. He's the OC now. Um, and you still got guys like Antoine Wells. South Carolina is going to be very interesting because honestly, I'm a guy that can get behind Shane Beamer. I buy into the Shane Beamer I like hype. Him. I like him a lot, and I feel like he's one of those guys. He's kind of like that Sam Pittman type, not necessarily all the flair and antics and all that, but he's a guy that the players can rally behind. And I like seeing that, especially at a place like South Carolina. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they can put on the field, but going into the spring, I really just want to see them not necessarily develop Spencer Rattler because I think he does have the talent. We saw that in his first year at Oklahoma as a starter. He has the talent to be able to put up the production. Um, I really just want to see them build this offense around him, put players in place that can make that can make his job a little bit easier in his second year at South Carolina. But as far as them going into the spring, I think they're going to have all the momentum based on how they ended 2022. Um I guess transitioning a little bit, do you do you think anything can come out of Kentucky at this point? Well, I mean, you get Liam Cohen back, who was the OC a couple years ago, took a year, went to the NFL, was the OC for the Rams and is back now. Devin Leary, your guy, is at quarterback now, yep. so that's going to be really interesting. I, I generally expect a good Kentucky team is just going to be, can they raise their offensive profile enough to, to possibly – can they compete for the second best team in the East? Like that's kind of what I'm looking at. And I think, you know, having Devin Leary there, that I was a little surprised he went there to be honest, but that's kind of what I'm looking at for Kentucky um, this spring. Yeah. You got any thoughts on the Wildcats or you want to hit on Missouri and Vanderbilt before we get out of here? Um, yeah, real quick, two minute drill. Let's hit on Missouri and Vanderbilt real quick. Uh, yeah. with Garcia coming in from Missouri from Miami like that. I have no idea really what to expect from Missouri. They were able to keep Luther Burden. He didn't – there were some rumors going in the transfer portal. That didn't happen. Um, but also you're going to have Richard quarterback Sam Horn. He was a highly recruited guy out of high school. So you got him and Jake Garcia. And then who else was it? Brady Cook? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. But honestly, Missouri, when you uh, got guys like Luther Burden and as bad as Missouri's been, I think the only way is up from here for them. Same thing with Vanderbilt. Like they, they took legitimate steps last year. I remember there were some people after Tennessee lost horrifically to South Carolina, Hendon Hooker's out for the year. Like Vandy, could they upset Tennessee? They, they, they could get to a bowl game with a win. I think they, they got absolutely blasted. But the best news was they beat Florida last year. They took a big step forward. And now I think it's just going to be, can you improve enough? Like, I think well, I'm going to watch their defense. Like, Clark Lee, I know, is a defensive coach coming from Notre Dame and other places he's been. I want to see that defense take a little bit of a leap. The offense was the biggest piece to last year. Defense is what I'm looking for in the spring and seeing if there's any signs of it. It's definitely it's definitely a developmental program. Uh, they lost a lot. I think they only gained one transfer portal addition, but they lost like eight or nine players to the portal. So I just don't think they're going to have the talent to be able to create something. It's definitely development. They're going to have to develop the guys they got. Um, but honestly, I'm, I think they're okay at quarterback. We saw the backup a little bit um, come in last year. It, I don't know. It's, it's Vanderbilt. What else can you say? Yep, we'll definitely see them, and we'll talk more about them through the summer and the fall. But that is our SEC spring overlook kind of preview there. 
Be sure to follow us on social media. Go check out alleyellowjackets.com for all your Georgia Tech news. I'm Jackson Caldell. That is Kobe Reed. We are out.